Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I started maybe kind of dicing and racing with this car beside me, you know, from stoplight to stoplight and having some fun. His car kind of slid to a stop beside mine and he rolled down the window and he said something like, you know, where are you girls going? I haven't had this much fun since I last raced at Mossport. And in my mind, I thought, God, why do people make this stuff up? Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty. Hi, Carlene. Hey, Jill. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. It's Earth Month and we are going au naturel. Yes. With our topic. Okay. Not our clothing. It's good to it's good to clarify <laughs> these things. We are not naked on the mic. Mm-hmm. We are not. Not yet. Um, <laughs> reality check for our for our listeners out there. The wellness industry, because we are talking about Earth Month, is said to be the next trillion dollar industry globally. Everyone is drinking collagen drinks and, you know, doing those salad delivery programs, myself included. I know. I know. Everyone's just trying to live a little healthier, I think. Not a bad thing. And there's a lot of beauty crossover. Those beauty chef powders, I feel like I see those everywhere. They're like Mm -hmm. those bio-fermented powders you put into smoothies. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many beauty supplements um, for hair, skin, nails. And Bobby Brown, the makeup artist, she recently left her cosmetics company Mm -hmm. to pursue wellness. Look out, goop. Yeah. (laughs) Today, we are zeroing in on a Canadian brand called Sage. Yes. And we're speaking to the co-founder, Kate Ross LeBlanc. She is based in Vancouver, and that's where their headquarters are as well. To the uninitiated, it's spelled S-A-J-E, Sage mm-hmm. Wellness. Sage is really taking off. They have celebrity fans in Haley Baldwin. I know she loves their pocket pharmacy. Mm-hmm. In Canada, we've known Sage for yeah. a while. They have more than 50 stores here. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that when we talk to our friends in the U.S., some of them know Sage and some of them don't. I know that happened when we were talking to our our friends at Full Coverage Podcast who are based in LA. So this is for you guys, an intro to Sage. They did enter the US market. Um, They have more than a dozen stores there now. There's one in Malibu that I would personally love to check out. A couple in New York. Yeah. And um, six more stores are opening in North America this year. Yeah, which is kind of saying something because retail, you know, in the bricks and mortar space Mm -hmm. has been suffering in the past several years. So the fact that they're growing is really saying something. 
they have online sales as well, but the stores are really something to experience. Mm -hmm. Sage products are all plant-based. They're 100% natural and rooted in essential oils. Mm -hmm. It smells like a tranquil spa. Like Mm -hmm. here I was at the mall on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, I'm in the sage store. Like, do I need to, (laughs) do I need to be in there buying more products? But there I was. And I was at the hand washing station because they have that. And I'm washing my hands. And then lo and behold, I have my receipt right here. I walk out, I buy the safe hands foaming hand soap. It's so mm-hmm. good. I can't, yeah. I can't resist it. Well, they have those diffusers going too. So yes. the aroma is just, you're like, okay, I'm in a spa. Yeah. Like, your shoulders just sort of relax when you go mm-hmm. in, which you never say about going into a store at yeah. the mall. And like any all naturals brand these days, of course, they are free of synthetic fragrances and parabens and phthalates and all that stuff. Petrochemicals, all mm-hmm. of that. This is the first episode where we went behind the scenes into a brand's head office and you know we got a chance to really get a vibe of what they do every single day yeah why don't you paint the picture so you get that apothecary slash spa vibe that you get in their stores tons of natural light they have this living plant wall they have reindeer moss in their boardrooms And the best part is they provide an incredible vegan lunch for everybody on their staff, like free every day. Oh my gosh. How much would I love that? I wouldn't have to order those salads anymore. (laughs) I feel like it would just eliminate that decision from your day and you'd be so much happier. Yeah. You personally, me also. I would be happy with a vegan curry bowl. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to complain. Should we talk about the gong though? Uh Oh yeah. (laughs) I think we should save the gong. No, that's gong, not bong. Mm -hmm. We're going to save that for a little later in the episode. All right. That's a different West Coast culture thing. So let's dig into the products. They're really well known for their essential oil blend remedies. As we said, they come in these little roller roller ball bottles um, and they treat all sorts of different ailments like stress, lack of sleep, pain, headaches, cold, flu. And yeah, there's 500 different products in mm-hmm. their line and their runaway bestseller is the Peppermint Halo. It was created by Jean-Pierre LeBlanc, and he is the other co-founder who happens to be Kate's husband. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the full backstory on how this product came to be, of course. As we do, Breaking Beauty. But a little bit of context, Peppermint Halo, it's made to treat headaches. I always swoosh it around my hairline. It has that rollerball, so it's Mm -hmm. really easy to apply on the go. And it gives you a very nice instant cooling effect. Um, There's lavender in it. There's eucalyptus. There's rosemary. Mm Mm-hmm. And it all really helps to relieve achiness and tension. And it's a very good hangover helper. (laughs) Just going to put that out there. (laughs) Yeah, every little bit helps. I really like these roller balls, but I'm also a big fan of the deodorant. Ooh, do tell. So we've talked about that on the show before, how I've been experimenting with all natural deodorants. And I think I've been pretty open to the fact that a lot of them don't work on me. Mm -hmm. I still have body odor. So that's not great. (laughs) (laughs) I've never Um, smelled you though. uh, Yeah. I haven't gotten right up there. It has happened. (laughs) And I have to say that sage crystal fresh deodorant, it comes in a spray and non aerosol spray. It is one of the best ones that I've tried. It could even be in the top spot. I just don't want to say that definitively right now until I'm finished doing all my testing, but it is, yeah, it's top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's got mineral salts in it. 
Yeah. So I guess it's some kind of liquid version of those old school crystal rocks that you would see like at the health food store growing up. I love that. Yeah. I've heard a bunch of people say that they are huge fans Mm -hmm. of their deodorant. So I'm going to have to check that out too. Yeah. And they're launching two new categories this year. Mm -hmm. One of which we cannot talk about sworn to secrecy, although Mm -hmm. I did see it and it's going to be really cool. And it's coming in mid-May. But the other one that we can talk about is their new at-home cleaning line. Yeah. So they're all ammonia free, non-toxic. And um, I think there must be a demand for these kinds of products because I'm pretty sure leaves of trees will be getting into this category. I spoke to the founder and I distinctly remember that. So that's that's another all natural. Yeah. Based here in Toronto. Speaking of innovation, Sage is one of the first beauty brands, if not the very first, to have its own custom podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called Well Now. Yeah, it's really cool. Their format is a mix of experts and real people. They cover topics like chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic pain, cancer. And I was just listening to an episode about anxiety the other day. Mm-hmm. And you were saying I just, it really like struck a nerve with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Because I had panic attacks in the past and yeah. I just found the particular woman who they spoke to. She was just so the way she described it, I was like, yes, that's exactly the way that I felt when I was experiencing anxiety. And also when she described how she sort of got over it, that was exactly my experience as well, even though you can't fully get over it. Because if you're hardwired that way, it always lives there, but you can hold it at bay. So I highly recommend. And that, that was episode. in the the guest that you were speaking about. That was a real, it was like a wellness yeah. expert. Or was no, it, it was that, that was real... one of the like real women who That's I just amazing. really related to. Amazing. This is all exciting. So much news happening, but let's dig into the origin story. Sage was founded in 1992. And like many beauty and wellness brands who got their start back in the 90s, it took a while for the world to sort of catch up to their progressive eco mindset. So picture maybe not so pretty essential oil blends and health food stores like the packaging wasn't, you know, wasn't all that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these brands are finally getting their due. It's great to see. But of course, Kate's story began long before Sage ever broke ground. The seeds were planted on a beef farm in Ontario, of all places. Hi, I'm Kate Rastevla, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Sage Natural Wellness. I am from small town Ontario, uh, a couple of hours northwest of Toronto was where I where I made my home. Um, we were located very close to small town Mount Forest, which was sort of the, the center of my universe, where we went for ice skating and to watch my brothers play baseball and hockey and where I played baseball. So it was very sporty um, type, active community, extremely family um, based. I had, uh, you know, dogs and cats that I loved dearly and a beautiful long laneway that went back to a river. And I spent lots of uh, Sunday afternoons going back and picking flowers. And my chores were more in the house um, around um, cooking and getting food ready for everybody. And as the youngest, um, I grew up with just like a flurry of activity in the house. I had two brothers, two older brothers and two older sisters. So um, as my mother always liked to say, 
Um, this is the baby of the family, which I, you know, I don't think I fully appreciated what a great position I had at the fa- in the family at that young age. Yeah. And I suppose my other big chore was working in my mom's garden, which was, I guess, my first relationships with plants. And it's funny that I grew up on a beef farm and then I kind of in my mid-teens made the connection and decided to become vegetarian and really didn't get what a great start I'd gotten in my life by eating primarily out of my mom's garden and the preserves. We would spend the summers, you know, they call it doing down, you know, doing down the pears, doing down the the peaches, making pickles, all the canned preserves. So that's what we ate during the winter months. So it was an incredible diet that I grew up on. Like Kate, I grew up on a beef farm. I don't eat red meat to this day because, well, there's many reasons, but one of the major ones is that I can remember making friends with the animals. And then Aww. the next thing you know, they're being driven off Aww. into the sunset. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing that they serve those vegan meals at Sage HQ, we asked Kate if she had a similar aha moment growing up. It was very visceral, actually. I was standing um, at the on the at the kitchen counter, looking out the window over the sink, and it was a beautiful, I think, spring day. The cows out grazing in the field, and um, my mum had brought up this roast, you know wrapped in the brown paper and I was to put it on to start to cook for dinner and I was unwrapping it and I was just actually handling the meat in my hands and I was looking at the cows at the same moment and it was I think we just normalized things and there was this moment where it was like no this is actually a living being and I'm holding it in my hand and that's the like lightning moment that I remember thinking, I don't think this is true for me. And I remembered then as a little kid, I would take the meat off my plate just intuitively and I would hide it on this little shelf under the kitchen counter. And then because I was the youngest, I would like clear the table. So I'd like scrape it away then. And so it was kind of the secret that I didn't even know I was doing myself, which was just kind of an avoidance um, of meat. And then, you know, later in my life when I moved to BC, and, you know, met people who were vegetarians. It was like, oh, yeah, that's what I am. In this next part, Kate describes how her upbringing helped to shape her path as an entrepreneur. I was very young. I was five or six, and my oldest sister and my mom decided they were going to open a fabric shop. My sister um, was an absolute wizard at she was a tiny person and back in those days I don't think there was very good petite sizing so she'd end up wearing like little girl clothes to have clothes to fit her so she became this incredible seamstress and could take patterns and recut them and make her own clothing and designs and she was you know this was her love and her passion and she was really talented and my mother had always been a sewer so together they conspired to open this fabric store um, and a, a very pivotal moment happened for me they were having a meeting in the the living room which you know was one of those farmhouses where we all grew up in this tiny room and then there was this other great room that we barely used so I knew something important was happening because my mom and my sister were like sitting talking with like notepads in the living room and they invited me to join them and my mom said to my sister um, well why don't we ask Kathy which was my christened name um, why don't we ask Kathy what she thinks you know sometimes she has some good ideas and I was six years old so this implanted in me this idea of like oh I have good ideas 
So I think in life, I've kind of grown up with like, I better get up to some things because these two people that I looked up to so much thought, think that I have good ideas. So that was a very early memory. And then I was so lucky to get to tag along on the buying trips. Um, at that time, a lot of the textile mills, you know, were in, um, in Eastern Canada and Hamilton in Toronto. I really got to see that whole process from getting the little store, leasing it out, going to the factories and choosing what what would be cut off these huge bolts that were you know sky high in the air and they had these big um, pulleys that would bring them down so my mom and my sister could examine them and then cut off so many yards onto the smaller bolts that we would then were then shipped and arrived in our hometown and we set up the displays and you know had the the people down the road who's who the, I think it was um, the mother daughter also were painters and they painted the signs and it was called Marie Anne Fabrics and up it went and the doors opened so I I, I had this incredible vantage point for we're in this small town where to my view nothing interesting really ever happened I love the community that I saw my mom create and the sense of buzz that there was and how uh, kind I would say and uh, she was to everyone and how generous she was with everyone so I think it was this natural warm greeting meeting place that felt you know that was home for me and she ended up having to sell the business in my like early teens due to um due to illness so it was I think it it became this romantic memory um of when maybe my mom was at her happiest and at her best so I think that absolutely influenced me perhaps in a way that I wouldn't have even been influenced had she kept the shop for a long period of time and and I had grown up with it I might have become more realistic and maybe even a little jaded about the but I just saw it as this incredible place of um, color and textures and people and connection and laughter and so I kind of as from my young lens saw all the good about it and I think that absolutely drove me even though it took me a while to connect how I would make that happen in my life I didn't really ever imagine myself I don't really think a retailer um, but I, I, I knew I wanted to recapture that feeling. I always tear up when I see the scene on um, You've Got Mail, you know, where Kate's in the store that her mom had and she's, she, you know, she's imagining her mom whirling her around. I mean, who doesn't tear up? <laughs> but I mean, I think that for that, for me, that really encapsulates sort of that feeling that I, that I, was, that I was chasing and that I wanted to recreate. My mom um, would never have known I had retail stores, but my dad did. He lived, he lived for quite a long time. He just left us. He got to come in and see what we were, what we were all about. Just ahead, Kate tells us about the first time she met her would-be husband, Jean-Pierre. I was uh, living in Toronto with my roommate girlfriend and we were driving home on an icy cold January evening back to the beaches a favorite part of Toronto where we lived and um, I started maybe kind of dicing and racing with this car beside me you know from stoplight to stoplight and having some fun and uh, literally kind of came over the bridge came to a stop there and his car kind of slid to a stop beside mine and he rolled down the window and he said something like, you know, where are you girls going? I haven't had this much fun since I last raced at Mossport. And in my mind, I thought, God, why do people make this stuff up? Um, and so we were racing for last call at our favorite little dance club. And so I just said to him, well, can you dance better than you drive? 
um, in which he lied and said he could. In fact, he drives much better than he dances. And so I said, great, follow me. So he did, and that was our meet-cute. Kate and Jean-Pierre married pretty quickly. They were both involved in another essential oils business prior to Sage. That's another story for another day. We asked Kate what led the two of them to the wellness industry in the first place. Well, Jean-Pierre had actually paid his way through university racing motorcycles, uh, and he left the track unscathed because he had an opportunity to go into professional racing. And fortunately, his sense of self-preservation um, caused him to decline that and he knew he wanted to go into business but he had studied chemistry so when he left um, and was first working in Toronto he got into a series of car accidents and so when I met him he had all this soft tissue damage he'd been trying to heal it through western medicine and so he was on all these medications that were in fact destroying the layers of his stomach they were affecting his mood so he always says he was like a young old guy when I met him so he was in a ton of pain I remember we would choose what restaurants we went to by what kind of arms they had on the chairs and he had spent um, quite a bit of time in BC so he had a real passion for having a more natural um, life. I think he just intuitively um, knew there was a more natural way to be and that the the way to love, peace, and joy was not through Western pharmaceutical because if it was, he would have already found Nirvana. <laughs> and so we had this opportunity to move to BC and there was a small chain of retail stores that we were able to come out and, um, and take over. And I just had this dream that I was going to transform them into something that was you know that was magical and so he started formulating remedies for himself and we started retailing and we definitely were a small mom and pop for a long long time as we started to educate ourselves and really understand the power of essential oils understand the difference between synthetic ingredients and natural ingredients and understanding that everything that has a fragrance is not created equally and really like went on that incredible journey together spent a lot of time um in the UK for education and France as really, I, I think of it as um, the center of, with all of the lavender that comes from Provence. It's, it's such a heart beat to me of the whole essential oil world and educated ourselves and started. Um, but the, the need to formulate products was very much from Jean-Pierre, all the, the ailments. up how sage's first ever product and bestseller to this day came to be peppermint halo would have been the first so because he was really going after the the real um, acute pain that he had in his body peppermint has the pain gating um, qualities to it goes on um, topically our our brain gets the message of hot cold ahead of pain so it started to like break that cycle for him and then he worked with other essential oils that were anti-inflammatory and things that um, you know would stimulate the healing process and stimulate the regrowth of the of the tissues and so that was the beginning um, and we started very quickly also um, with skincare because we really knew that if we wanted to be healthy on the inside what we put on the outside mattered as well so a very small line of organic skincare and single note essential oils and I think all of the blends we still have today things like pain release which was then um, formulated for a lady who had arthritis in her fingers it was an originally just a, a blend that Jean-Pierre blended in in our little shop at Lonsdale Key and then we 
recreated that for other people and the Eater's Digest for people that were having digestion um, issues followed along by the stress release and so the line grew from there. What's in a name? The backstory behind Sage or Sage as some people call it. I always say the degree to which you have nicknames for people is the degree to which you love them. And so my daughter, I have like 15 nicknames for her, but um, we love Sage. And so Sage Nation is a nickname that we have internally. And then when, when if I say that to people externally, they look at me and they say, oh, is that how you say it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Actually, it's Sage. But our nickname for our beloved Sage is Sage Nation. Long before Kate and Jean-Pierre's daughter, Kiara LeBlanc, became the brand's creative director and a VP, she had a hand in product development. Well, sort of. Here, the backstory behind Sage's Fairy Mist Children's Soothing Aromatherapy Spray. When she was really young, she couldn't say aromatherapy is a big name for a little three or four year old to wrap around to come out of their mouth. So she would say aromatherapy, aromatherapy was kind of two syllables. So we kind of transformed that into aroma fairy and made a blend with the oils that we would help her to go to sleep with. So it's a really beautiful children's blend with very simple formula of orange and lavender and she still loves it. And of course, she has grown <laughs> um, from first joining the company um, in 2010 as our social media content um, and has really grown up with the brand and now heads our product teams. And so whenever there's a rebranding or an examination, she always makes sure she wants that's the one product that stays true to the original as far as how it appears. Sales topped $50 million last year, but every business has its ups and downs, especially in the early days. It was always um, like that when you're small and you don't have proper financing and you're building inventories and you're trying to build stores and you have very little brand awareness. I mean, I would say from the time we started, um, it was really like like that for I mean story after story you know you've heard it all the cash advances to make payroll and and you know we were always living in rental properties we were never investing in anything so you know my daughter we moved every two years because the real estate market in Vancouver was was growing so much that the people we were renting from would always want to sell the property so we would always be moving around and never setting down roots but part of that too is that when you move you grow you know, you don't get set in your ways and you have to be happy where you're planted and keep looking for what's better about the new place. So I think it it also honed a way of thinking about things, of being not attached and not getting, you know, um, too rigid that actually really served us also in, in our business life. And then I would say that by like 2010, 2011, we knew that we were getting the product line to enough SKUs. At that point, we had a small group of, I would say, very dedicated and loyal um, community members. And we felt ourselves, I think, poised for some growth. And so at that time, we were able to connect with the right investment group for us um, to help us with our Canadian growth. Well, a lot of things did come together quite quickly, but it was from, you know, <laughs> um, 18 years of preparation at that point. So then when you start, we, we redesigned and rebranded our packaging. 
um, we were able to really up our game on our store design and start to really build out our teams and define what our values had always been and be able to attract those like-minded people. So I think it's like that critical mass moment where everyone, you know, as you say, the the history books are filled with what appear to be overnight successes, but I think it's for people that have a vision, care enough about what they're doing, that they will go through thick and thin, stay up all night, whatever it takes, because they would rather be doing that than whatever else would be the alternative. We did a vision exercise really early with a friend of mine who actually is a coach, and we all did this, you know, just literal visual visualization. And I think in my mind what I actually saw was our Robson Street store. Because it had a, it had a step up, like the back part of the store um, was elevated. Like I, I really, that was where, I, and it was f- probably 15 years until we opened that store. In fact, when we first walked in there, and it was this broken down um, souvenir store, and I saw the bones of it, I was like, I like was like freaking out. I was like, this is the store. I think somehow that visualization, along with the feeling that I could always relate to from my mom's store, was what always propelled me forward. I'm going to visualize me a trip to Paris. That's what I'm going to visualize. (laughs) No, but back when I used to travel a lot for work, when I was going on press trips all the time, I honestly did stash Sage's rollerball remedies in my little travel kit. Yeah, perfect for travel, the size. And um, I would always get congested on flights. So I like to just like roll it under my nostril and I could breathe. Which one? Um, probably the arri- arrive revived. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I also like the Eaters Digest because I'd often get funny tummy mm-hmm. when I'm traveling. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I know this month they launched actual nasal inhalers. They're mm-hmm. like those rounded ones, like the Vicks drugstore. Yeah. They're the size of your pinky. Yeah. And the you, you, the idea is you stick them up fully up your nostril and inhale. Yeah, exactly. And um, well, I don't know about fully up, but yeah. <laughs> Partially, at least. Partially, yeah. Um, But yeah, I love those types of products. And I guess my question, though, is does that make it a cosmetic or a drug or like what? Up next, she's going to explain where Sage falls under current regulatory guidelines. It's very different um, working between Canada and the U.S. And so we were very um, fortunate. And Jean-Pierre and I um, had a third partner who joined us very, very early in the business, Janie Moore. Um, my Janie, as I like to call her. And she really worked with Health Canada um, and helped to pioneer the legislation around essential oils. Because when Health Canada first decided they were going to bring in regulation, it was for the herbal industry. And they were not going to regulate essential oils at all, which meant basically essential oils would have been relegated to just being beauty care. So you could only make cosmetic claims. And we absolutely knew that essential oils had more potency and actually more cause to be regulated than herbs did. So Janie was instrumental in working with Health Canada um, and the, the people there to help them understand this and to bring in regulation for essential oils. So we were... Um, at the very front of that, getting all of our blends um, with applications. And we had temporary NPN numbers at the beginning, and then we had to change all of our packaging when we got our actual NPNs. A natural product number for all of our remedial blends here in Canada. So I feel actually very fortunate that Canada has such a sophisticated platform um, that follows along with Australia and the UK have similar type um, platforms. It was 
completely different when going into the U.S. because they don't have a corresponding body. So there we were working with the FDA. So we worked product by product to look at whether this could be um, registered depending on the ingredients as an OTC, um, whether it could be a dietary supplement or whether it would come in under cosmetic regulations or even a household product. So there was four different bodies that we worked with um, through our expansion into the U.S. But we're, you know, we're happy with where we landed there. But for sure, you have to look at each con- country independently because you want to, for us, being um, you know, credible and being honest about what we're saying is so important. There has been some controversy in the wider wellness industry when it comes to essential oils, specifically around maintaining purity at all levels throughout the supply chain. It's true, and perhaps that's why Sage's tagline is nothing to hide. So just ahead, how the brand ensures that the raw materials they're sourcing are as clean as they can be. In many, many cases, the same vendors for over 20 years. We've visited their facilities. We have audits that we do um, on a regular basis. And so we're very, I mean, that was really part of where we grew up was around the supply chain and knowing um, who all of those vendors and growers and um, producers are. So I think for us, the nothing to hide also really speaks to having full ingredient listings on our products um, and having full disclosure um, around what's happening um, and what's going into each item. They are distilled from plants. They're 100% natural. Um, And we bring in organic essential oils wherever we can, um, understanding that there's some countries that essential oils come from that don't even have regulatory bodies. So because the the essential oils are distilled uh, wherever the plant grows indigenously, you really are getting them from all over the world and you can't always source things that are organic. The New York Times ran an article late last year. It was called Skincare's Backlash Against Essential Oils, written by Carrie Mulvar. Mm-hmm. It was basically about the idea that some essential oils can be volatile, mm-hmm. especially in the sun, causing flare-ups in sensitive skin types. Mm-hmm. It also noted that sometimes it's the base oil that can cause a reaction. Yeah, I have sensitive skin myself. I use skincare that has essential oils in it, and I've never noticed this problem. But we did put the question to Kate and give her an opportunity to respond as a thought leader in the industry. I don't know specifically um, that article, but I think that people using single note essential oils without a lot of experience um, is probably where the where the issues have been encountered. And so when we first started, we did sell a lot of single-note essential oils. We still do make them available. We sell them with base oils. Um, however, we could see quite quickly that the best and most effective way was to make the blends ourselves. So we could make sure that we had the proper dilutions, the proper ratios, that they were all safe for people to use on the skin, that you weren't having, um, you know, a product that people were going to go out in the sun that had a lot of citrus in it. So there's a lot of like very commonsensical things that if you're just going and buying a single note essential oil and you don't know what you're doing with it, um, you know, you might not, you, you could end up giving yourself, um, a rash. I, have you ever been in a, in a sunny, um, environment and maybe got some lime juice on yourself? 
you can create quite a burn for yourself if you have anything citrus. And, um, you know, I've talked to a number of friends who've been maybe a little bit in Margaritaville on vacation and ended up with, with a lime burn. So I think that can happen from anything where you, you aren't using the proper precautions. This is true. My sister-in-law warned me about the lime thing when we visited her in Mexico recently. And she was like, be careful. We always putting lime on my drink or whatnot. And she's like, be careful if the sun hits that. Mm -hmm. She had that happen. She had black marks on her fingers. She said it was like a burn or a stain from the sun. It lasted for months. It's so crazy. I had never heard of that before, mm-hmm. but I'll remember that next time I'm duty-free shopping for tequila. Yeah. Got to, got to sip safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of getting away and traveling, we asked Kate where she likes to go when she wants to unwind and what she likes to do to decompress and de-stress. I'm a gypsy at heart, and I love to move around and see new things, so I do travel a lot. We were a few weeks on the Amalfi Coast um, last summer, and just the juxtaposition of the architecture and the jagged hills, and oh, that was, it's just such a romantic, soul-stirring place to be. And every time I can get near big waves in the ocean, I feel completely regenerated, Um I think my most frequent place to go and get replenished, though, I feel incredibly fortunate to have a weekend place in Whistler. And so um, every weekend that I'm in BC, I'm in Whistler and uh, out on my bike, um, out walking by the lake or this weekend I'll be up on the ski hill. I just get as soon as I get out of my car and just smell the air. It just that I have a love affair with the air in Whistler. I think that's where I feel the most um, alive and regenerated. And, and um, also, I love to read. And the other thing I have in, in Whistler is I have a keyboard. So I grew up playing the piano and then got away from it. And uh, Kiera actually gifted me with a keyboard a couple of years ago for Christmas. So it's up there. And one of my favorite things is to sit, play that with snow falling out the window. So my favorite is the, the, the Alleluia, the Leonard Cohen version. And uh, such a Canadian moment. And we've, we love to cook also. Kiera's a wicked um, cook and so we love to get up there in the kitchen and make delicious uh, delicious food together Hallelujah. We all know self-care is about more than just putting a cream on our face, right guys? Yeah. You know, you've got to block off that calendar. Mm -hmm. You've got to, you know, make an appointment with yourself to just totally unplug. The competition is fierce when it comes to business as it is in beauty and wellness. You also need to know when it's time to be on. So we asked Kate what advice she has for fellow entrepreneurs looking to get ahead, even in a crowded space. One of my favorite is never compare the inside of your life to the outside of others. So often you're looking at someone else and you think that either, you know, they've got it all together, their business is so successful, they're doing things you'll never be able to do. And, you know, they're coming home to the inside of their life and it doesn't necessarily look all shiny. And so we compare what we know about the inside of ours and find ourselves falling short and then I think hold ourselves back and don't put ourselves out there. And so I think when you really get that, oh, maybe somebody's looking at the outside of my life and thinking, you know, that it's something different than what I see. 
for our final question, we're going to get back to the significance of that gong. Mm-hmm. Not bong, people. Gong. <laughs> that we spotted at the Sage head office. What is its purpose? love to travel we spend lots of time in thailand and we literally just came across it at the chowder chat market and so we have to bring this home because we were we were just growing at that time and there was probably like six or eight of us in the in the office and we would do these morning check-ins and we said wouldn't this be great to have this gong um to send a beautiful message of unity and joining through the office and so it's still here and that's we we Literally bang the gong every morning at 10 o'clock. And there's so much healing in the vibrations. When you stand near it, you can actually feel it in your chest. Um, But for me, it's a beautiful sound. We've had it for almost 10 years now here. So for me, it's a, a sound of a natural way of bringing people together and sending energy throughout the whole office. Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And be sure to subscribe to us. There's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you're up for it, show your love by writing a review in iTunes.